Welcome to Lavender Dahlia. I'm Jennifer Osler Bolton, and together we are going to enjoy the freedom of exploring who God created us to be by lifting the veil off of our hearts and bringing to light the authenticity that we've been hiding in the dark. I am so happy that you're here. So let's talk. Today's episode is sponsored by Petunia Diaries, a couple of moms working to bring the beauty of God's Word to life. Visit PetuniaDiaries.com today and receive free shipping on orders over $35. Okay, well, that was really fun. I've never had a little commercial here on my, I started to say blog, but on my podcast here. So in case you didn't know, Petunia Diaries, that is me and my cousin. And uh, when I say uh, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. We've had so much fun with it. We have, um, we just really enjoyed it. We have been part of subscription boxes. We have been part of charity events. We have, we've been able to do so much and it started with just wanting to encourage our grandparents with the promises of God. And we just took that into the hands of as many as we possibly could. So I love Petunia Diaries. It's obviously very close to my heart, and that, but it felt really cool to have a little commercial there. I feel very official right now. <laughs> Anyways, I am so excited to be here with you yet again for another week. I don't know what episode number this is. I think it's 13, 13, 14. I'm not sure, but I'm just having so much fun. I love being here with you. I love getting to talk to you uh, very casually lately. I think when I started off, you know, I wanted things to be really polished and I don't know, wanted to pretend I'm professional, but I'm not. I'm here as your friend, as your sister in Christ. I am not here as anything fancy. So I kind of like threw that concern away into the wind and it feels really good that I can just kind of like sit here and talk with you for a little bit. And this week I wanted to talk with you about feeling God's love. It is something that I get a lot of questions, you know, how do you feel God's love? How am I supposed to feel God's love? And I thought about that question and it's a really, really profound just thing to contemplate. How do we feel God's love? It's one thing to know that we have it, but it's another to feel it. And the truth is we are trained to identify love in various ways. So if you know me, you know that I am a huge fan of the five love languages by Gary Chapman. And my primary love language is words of affirmation. And I talk about that one a lot. But there's four other ones that are really important, and they are gifts, physical touch, acts of service, and quality time. And the truth is, each one of us identifies with one of those five love languages the most. There's a great, um, the book is great. If you haven't read the five love languages, I highly suggest reading it, but you can go to the website don't quote me on the website address though. (laughs) I have no idea what it is, but Google it. You can look it up. The five love languages and you can take a quiz. You can do a test. And it's actually something that I did with Michael when we very first met, because I was kind of picking up on his cues of what his love languages were, but I just wanted to be sure. So I made him do the quiz. Yes, I made him. It may have looked like I was asking him, 
but really I was making him do it because I wanted to know what his love languages were so that I could speak those languages to him. So we have these five love languages and they're individual to each of us. Not always the same, not always the same combinations, the same orders. And it's likely that if you are in a partnership, your partner does not have the same love languages. It's really interesting. I totally recommend reading the book. So this is basically just how we identify and interpret love, how we receive it, how we give it, and what it looks like to us. So without knowing it, we've been trained our whole lives to identify this kind of love for us. In the same way, growing up, we're also trained to identify or define love incorrectly as well. For the longest time, probably most of my life, I would define love as something to be earned. The better I performed, the more I would be loved, the nicer I dressed, the more love I would receive, the skinnier I was, the prettier I was. You know, it's, it's what I was taking in as love because what was happening for me is typically it was words that were being said to me that were either negative or it was just negative conversation around me or things like that. I would then take those words and interpret them as lack of love. It didn't tell me that I was being loved. It told me the opposite because the words are what was important to me. So this is where it's important to identify what your love languages are, not just for the sake of communication and love between yourself, your partner, your parents, your siblings, your kids. I mean, it applies to every relationship that's in your life. It's important that so that we can give and receive love the way that we really need to, but it's also important because it's how we're going to identify the way that God shows us his love. So my idea of love, it came from, gosh, I mean, I don't even know. I would say early in my youth, my young adulthood, and it came in the way of performance. The more I volunteered, the more I was rewarded, the more I said yes, the more I would be praised, the more people I brought to church, the more my faith, quote unquote, would be applauded. Love, praise, and acceptance came in the form of more photos at the end of the year slideshow or more people who would seek my time or my advice, which translated to me that my performance was earning my acceptance. So what I was observing, what I was seeing was that the more I do, the more praise I'll get. The more I show up, the more applause I will get because I was needing that particular sense of love which comes in the form of words for me. So how do we undo that? How do we feel God's love? What are we looking for? What if what if our definition of love and the way we interpret love has just been kind of messed up from the beginning, from as far back as we can remember? How do we feel God's love when we don't really know what it might look like. So I'll I'll give you an example. I've got, I've I've got plenty. I got a laundry list of examples I could give you about the different kinds of love languages. And this is not going to be an episode on love and communication, although that would be a really great one to do. And I might have to pull someone in with me on that. But one of the stories that I love, so Ryan's primary love language uh, was physical touch. And, you know, 
I, I would be willing to bet that most men would say that physical touch is their primary love language, but there's always a second one right beneath it. So Ryan's was acts of service and he was so good at it. He was a handyman. He could fix anything. There was nothing he couldn't do. I never had to hire a mechanic or a plumber or an electrician or anything. I didn't even know where to look for those after Ryan died. I, I He did everything. That was his love for me. So I remember one day I came home, uh, you know, I went to work, I came home from work and he had been in my closet like all day long. And he put in this new light for me. Like he installed this new light fixture. He put in an electrical outfit outlet for me because he was creating this prayer space for me after this idea that I had. I, you know, he came home from work one day and I was like purging my closet and it was a mess everywhere. It was absolutely everywhere. And he was like, what are you doing? I said, I had this idea. I'm going to turn this space into my my war room, right? My, my This is my prayer space. And so he took the idea and went with it, put in this light, put in an electrical outlet, like all this really, really fun stuff. And I came home from work and he'd been working all day and, and, you know, I was just tired and come upstairs and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, look, I put in this light for you. And I did this and I put in this electrical outlet just in case you want to have a fan in your closet. Like it was just the sweetest thing, but that's how he was showing his love for me. That's what he was doing for me. He saw what I wanted and then made it happen. He went and served me in that way. Right. And so even with taking care of the cars and, you know, cleaning up the yard and that sort of stuff, his act of service was showing me that he loved me. Now, at first, I didn't know this, and so I didn't see it as love. I saw it as him just taking care of the house, just doing things around the house, things that needed to be done. I literally gave no thought to it other than, well, that's what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> he's supposed to take care of the house. I didn't recognize that he was showing his love to me by serving me and by doing these things for me, you know, and and helping me around the house or whatever it might've been. That was his way of showing me love. And it took me a long time to learn that too long. It took me much too long to learn that about Ryan's love language. And it made sense why when I started paying attention and I would return the favor to him by whether it was I don't even know whether it was just making the bed in the morning or whatever small acts of service it was. Typically for him, what it was is I would bring him a cup of coffee every single morning that he was home every morning. It didn't matter if we were fighting. It didn't matter if we were getting along great. That's what I would do. I would serve him coffee every single morning. I would bring it upstairs to him while he was getting ready for work. I would, um, if he was coming home on one of my days off from work, if he was coming home in the morning off shift, I would have breakfast ready for him. That was his love language was for the act of service to come from me. The reason I bring up these stories is because if we cannot identify how God is speaking to us in our love language, if we cannot identify our love language, how are we going to recognize when God is showing us his love? If there's one thing that becoming a widow and then becoming a wife in a long distance marriage has taught me, it's that it's possible to feel love even when it's nowhere near. We just have to know what we're looking for. We just have to know what we're expecting. So the Bible says that God loves us, right? And we all know, you know, the children's song that we learned at some point in our youth. Even if you didn't go to church, you you know, we all sang Jesus loves me, right? Like we, we all know the words to Jesus loves me. This I know. I didn't even go to church growing up and I knew that song. So our brains know that God loves us. 
the out the whole world knows that God loves us, right? Like it, the entire population, with you know the exception of you know maybe some few, knows logically and in our minds and in our you know what we've been told that God loves us. So our brains may know it, and our hearts really want to believe it. But how do we feel it? I'm going to share with you three things that I do when I need to feel God's love. When the logic just isn't going to cut it anymore, but when I need to actually feel God's love, this is what I do. So I'm going to tell you the three things that I do. Number one, I love the Bible, obviously. I have a podcast of just reading scripture, so I love the Bible. I have a few scriptures that I would like to claim as my own, even though I know they weren't written only for me, I kind of like to pretend that they were. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to share those scriptures with you. I don't typically share my favorite scriptures. When people ask me for scriptures that helped get me through hard times, I don't necessarily share them right away. And there's a reason for that. And it's not because I'm selfishly keeping them to myself. I know that the Bible was not written with these particular verses waiting just for Jennifer Osser Bolton. I understand that. But the reason I will withhold those scriptures from you if you ask me for them is because I am a firm believer that we discover our favorite scriptures when we need them as we're reading the Bible. My favorite scriptures may not mean the same thing to you, and they may not hit your heart in the same way as they hit mine, even though we're reading the same words. Now, my recommendation is not going on the hunt for the magical scripture that will make you feel God's love. Those scriptures are in there, absolutely. But I don't recommend sitting down, opening your Bible, and looking at only those scriptures. What I do recommend is going into your Bible on a consistent, regular basis, because one of those times while you're reading or studying a particular topic or maybe even a specific person of the Bible, your favorite scripture will jump out at you and say, like, here I am. I've been waiting for you to find me. It's kind of like what they say about love. It always shows up when you're not looking for it. So my suggestion If you want to feel God's love through scripture, just read your Bible consistently. It's the best way to hear God speak to you. And you're going to be surprised by it because the scriptures I thought were my favorites, which were really just the ones that were most well-known, actually are not my favorites at all. In fact, I had done an entire talk on a scripture that is so well-known and I you know, loved it. And and I, I mean, there's no bad scripture, but like, you know, I would hold on to this scripture, but then when I broke it down and I thought about what was going on and, you know, what was happening in that time and, and just looking at the scripture itself, I realized I love that scripture, but that's, that's not my favorite. It It's nice to hear, but, it, but that's not what is actually speaking to my soul right now. And truthfully, my favorite scripture came in the middle of a Bible study that I was doing not long ago. I've been reading the Bible for 20 years, and it was only a few months ago that I was like, that's it. That's my favorite scripture. That makes me feel the most loved by God. This is speaking to me. This is speaking to my heart. And you know what? 
chances are it's probably going to change again. It might change in another year, might change in another week. Who knows? That's the beauty of God's word. And that's why it's so important for you to go into the Bible consistently and read it consistently so that your favorite scripture that is going to show God's love to you in his word will speak to you and only you. So here's number two. This is where the idea of the five love languages comes into play and why I encourage you to know your primary love language and be able to identify it in other people. The second thing that I do is I journal. Now, I love to journal. It's my thing, but I understand that it may not be your thing. You may have heard me say journal and just been like, oh, forget it. I'm not doing that. I totally understand. I completely get that. This is just my thing. It's what I like to do. But as much as the idea of journaling may have just turned you off, even from this podcast, I still recommend it. And here's why. Writing things down is going to help us seek out God's tangible love for us. Now, hear me out on this. It doesn't have to be an essay or a five-page paper. There's no need for fancy or hard-to-pronounce words, and biblical knowledge is not at all necessary. Uh, You don't have to summarize what God has done in the past because he already knows. So this is nothing to do with God. This is for you and only for you. But what I like to do is I like to write out the ways that I saw God in my day. And it's a simple list of the smallest things. It's tiny. It's not, you know, huge. It's not long. It's not in, it's not even in depth. It's not even like a, you know, profound, I felt God with the, you know, the way that the wind blew in my hair. Although sometimes that's the, that's the way I felt him. So it's, it's anything that, that you, any way that you saw God in that day. So it could be Maybe you heard your favorite song playing on the radio and you didn't have to skip through stations or playlists to find the song. It just started playing when you got in your car. Maybe you received an encouraging note or a text or a call from someone just because. Maybe the market had your favorite cookies on sale or the cashier complimented your hair as you were checking out. Maybe it was that super friendly dog that you saw on your walk today or in the car next to you. Have you ever pulled up to a red light and like you just saw the happiest dog in the back of a car? Like it's probably my favorite thing ever to see on the road. Maybe someone paid for your coffee today. Maybe it was the chore that you didn't have to ask your child or your spouse to do. Maybe it was the neighbor who brought in your trash bins. Whatever it was, whatever made you smile, write that down. Write it down. It could have been the way the sun felt on your face today. It could have been the fact that you hit every green light on the way to an appointment that you were late for. Whatever it was that made you smile, just write that down. Here's why. When we train our eyes to see God, we're essentially training our hearts to feel God. So write down the things that smile by the things that smile. Well, you can write down the things that smile too, because there's a lot of cute things that smile. But if you write down the things that made you smile, even the tiniest smile, it's going to help to easily see God in your day from 
this day on, from this day forward, if you can recognize the smile in your day and see it as a love note from God, you'll be able to see him easily throughout your days to come. And actually, I, I usually say that when it's someone's birthday or it's, you know, just anything, you know, I, I always wish and hope that people receive God's love notes to them because they're just sprinkled throughout our days, but we are not trained to look for them. We are trained to accept like, oh, I feel God's love. And we think it's going to be some massive explosion of the heart. And, you know, yes, we have those moments, but usually God shows up for us and shows his love to us in the tiniest ways. And if you can write them down, how you saw that in your day, you'll start seeing God more often. Okay. Number three, this is, I'm coming out here with what I do here. Keep in mind, I'm just telling you what I do. I'm not saying that these are uh, expert tips, but this is just what I do when I'm feeling I need a little bit of encouragement from God. Number three is, I ask. Yep. I ask. I ask God regularly to show me that he loves me. I ask him to make himself known to me every single day. You better believe I ask for those signs from heaven, whether it's him or his angels. I ask for them. I don't hold back. I will tell God, speak to me in a way that I will know it's you. Like no mistaking it. That was God. Don't be afraid of asking him to show you his love for you. Because God knows me so well, he knows exactly how to show me that he is near, he is listening, and he loves me. He knows that my primary love language is his words, love languages, (laughs) even though I can't speak them properly. He knows that. He knows that my primary love language is words. So oftentimes, it's going to come from a stranger who will say something kind to me or a random text message from someone I haven't heard from in a long time, or I'll receive a card in the mail from my husband on a day when I needed the smile. Like he's so good at his timing and his delivery of these notes to me, these love notes to me. I believe that those moments are from God and that those around me are acting as his messenger. If you know your love language, start asking God to speak it to you. You will be surprised and shocked and amazed at how you see the way he uses others to speak love into you the way that you will hear it best. So again, it's the five love languages. If you don't have the book, please get it. It's a fantastic book and it has helped me in so many ways to speak the love languages of those in my life, but also to be able to recognize when God is speaking that love language to me. When I know words of affirmation, that is my primary love language and I will receive random text messages or, you know, just, I don't know, random things in the mail, or I'll see a billboard even with just some sort of message to come to me, like whatever God will use to speak to me in a way that I know I'm loved, I can see that now because I know that he knows that is how I interpret love. Seeking to feel God's love can be so difficult because it feels like there's nothing to touch, there's nothing to hear, and there's nothing to see. Sometimes it can almost feel as though his love is imaginary, as if it's something we dream about having, but we aren't quite sure if we actually have it. 
The Bible is full of promises that God makes to us about his love and his care for us. But until we actively seek to connect with that love, those promises we read are just words on a page. Like any relationship, we have to do our part to connect and recognize that the love is there. And I encourage you to seek God for the purpose of finding his love for you. He loves you with a reckless abandon, more than you could ever even imagine. And I know for a fact that he is sprinkling love notes around you every single day. And there is nothing that he'd love more than to make sure you can feel his love. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and are filled with courage to see yourself the way that God sees you. You are so many beautiful things. That's why there's a flower named after you. Make sure to subscribe to Lavender Dahlia for podcast updates and episodes and visit jenniferoslerbolton.com to join the Lavender Dahlia email list. Until next time, my heart is hugging yours. I'll see you soon.